I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello, this is Vic Cohen, and it is a fair question. I'm broadcasting once again live from Skid Row Studios in stunning, it is just a stunning night here in downtown Los Angeles. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question. Because on this show, every question is a fair question. There is absolutely no question that is ever too personal or ever off limits. And tonight, well, we have a very special woman as our guest. On February 16th of this year, my birthday, I saw her perform her one-woman show. Now, the person who took me said, Vic, you can go anywhere you want. You just tell me, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And I, I did research. I went online and I looked at everything going on in town. Los Angeles is a big city. It had lots of options. And I was reading everything going on. And there was one particular show that piqued my interest. And I said to my friend, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do for my special birthday. And I consider birthdays a big deal. They're a big deal in my life, and I like to do something special. And I had a hunch that seeing this lady perform her one-woman show would be special, and it was. The name of the show is Giving Up is Hard to Do. And I was so touched by her story that I had to talk to her after the show, and now we are friends. And she is sitting across from me, and I am just so excited to have her here. And I want to say hello to you. I, I was so touched. I have to say, I don't know you that well, but from the experiences I've had with you, I could say you are truly a beautiful, sweet, and sensitive person. And I thank you so much for joining us. Annie Abbott, how are you? I'm good. I love hearing all that stuff about myself. I know, and it's all true. <laughs> it really is. Thank you. Yeah, what a great show. I just, I loved seeing you because you were so vulnerable and so honest, and I think you address so many great issues that we're going to talk about in this hour. Okay. Okay? Now, Annie, you know, a lot of people out here do one-person shows. It's a popular thing. Uh, but Annie's, Annie is also a quite an accomplished film and TV actress. And so I don't want this interview to be about your credits, but I want people to know some of the work you've done because it is so impressive. Californication, Ghost Whisperer, L.A. Law, Boston Legal, Strong Medicine, Everybody Loves Raymond, Seventh Heaven, ER, Mad About You, Dream On, The X-Files, Becker, Roseanne, Golden Girls. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I, I'm always looking forward. Yeah? Yeah. So you don't look back um, at the credits and go, I'm, I'm nah. done. Oh, no. Now, my first question to okay. you, are you really that good an actress? Yes. <laughs> Quick answer. Yes, right. Okay. Well, what makes you such a great actress, would you say? Um, I'm very thorough. Um, I mostly only have more questions. Okay. What does that mean as far as how would that show in your acting? Um, I, uh, probably the depth of... Um, um, Preparation? Yes. So that's you, exactly the, the questions are about who is this character that I'm playing, that kind of thing. 
Backstory? Sometimes, yes, sometimes backstory. Sometimes I'll find something in the script that, because I've often been told by casting people or by the director who's in the room or something like that, you know, no one's ever asked that question before. Let me think for a minute, because I don't even know if I can answer you yet. He said, that may be a problem in the writing. I'll get back to you. That's been said to me several times. This is during the audition. Yes. See, now this is interesting to me because um, often in the audition process as an actor myself, mm -hmm. I kind of like to feel that I've, I've made those, I've answered those questions in my head already mm -hmm. and that I'm in there to, to show the decisions I've right. made. Right. And I, I always thought, although there are no hard, you know, steadfast rules on this, that asking questions like th that you seem to be asking would almost be an annoyance. It, but it's worked for you. Am I, I wrong? Say, no, I would say it has worked for me. But I understand what you're saying. I think you have to, I think one would have to be um, really be able to deliver. And that the if you get an answer or if you, if they give you the time to ask a question, it better be worth it. And it better um, reveal something to them maybe a level to them that they didn't even realize was there. Tell me, tell me about your voice. I love I mean, it. I do too. I know. So how much pot are you smoking a day? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one laughing? Oh, I'm no, laughing right laughing. there with you. No, no. Do you smoke? No. What is it? Do you have like some kind of nad? Like what are the nodules? No, that? no, it's just my voice. I, even as a kid, I had this voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. It must have freaked people out. I, I guess so. It's, it must have sounded a little younger. Yeah, but it was, It always, I think it's, um, I think what it um, really belies is how serious I really am. It's a, it's a kind of intensity that I think is reflected in my voice. That's, do you do voiceover work? I do. Mm -hmm. Any, any uh, films or TV shows we may know that I haven't listed? Oh, oh, I don't know. Probably. Okay. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's a great voice. Thank you. Now, I usually, um, I can't say I've ever asked a guest this, but I think it's relevant to what we're going to be talking about. Okay. So I'm curious about your age. Oh, why? Do you, uh, I think it's relevant. You don't have to answer. Okay. But I think it's relevant only in that uh, your life story is so fascinating mm -hmm. and there's issues that that I think address more of a uh, senior person. Mm -hmm. So would it be fair to say you're in your 60s? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and we'll get to why I think that's important later, but okay. I also, because I'm looking at you and not everyone is, and I think that part of who you are is what, what I'm looking at, you know, the physical. Right. And I, and I want people to, to match the voice with what they might be imagining, the, the physicality of right. who you are. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't trying to get too personal. Ask That's, me what I, how old I am. How old are you? I play 35 to uh -huh. 45. And how old are you? I play 35. <laughs> That's a fair question. <laughs> I play 5'3 to 5'8. I play 130 pounds to 155 pounds. That's great. That's how I answer. <laughs> Let's talk about your one woman show. Okay. Title, Giving Up is Hard to Do. Where mm -hmm. did you come up with the title and what does it mean? Oh, that's a good question. It's easier to say what it means to me rather than how I found it. It was many names. Um, I would call Joel's Wick my director every five minutes. I got another name. 
Unloading the baggage. I got another name. Packing up. I got another name. Packing the baggage. I got another name. Get your baggage all packed up. I got another name. And he kept saying, no, Annie, no, no, no. And and Ted, that guy inside. Ted is her man, her lover. Right. So He's Ted, here. He accompanied her downtown. It's a very scary place downtown. <laughs> so I need him as a, my bodyguard, too. He said to me, you know what you should do? You should think about a song title. He's very into music. And I said, yeah, Ted, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Come up with some song titles. So he was going down titles, and one of them was Breaking Up is Hard to Do. And I went, what? Giving Up is Hard to Do? I said, what's the name of that? What? What? Was that Breaking Up is Hard to Do or Giving Up is Hard to Do? He said, Breaking Up. I said, no. My show, Giving Up is Hard to Do. And then I wondered if I could do that. Um, and I did it. I don't even know if I can do it, but I did it. Giving Up is Hard to Do. And to me... When you say you did it, what are you, are you referring to the show itself? No, no. The title, if I could call it... Oh, no Giving words, Up is Hard to Do. Because I think... Some people have said to me, O'Neill Sadaka breaking up is hard to do. Okay. And I said, um, yes, but it's giving up is hard to do. Are you, should I keep going? No, you're, yes, you're doing okay. great. And I, um, to me, uh, I think, to me, the show is every woman. And it's what it takes to get through a life. Even if it's not the particulars that... Um, um, that challenge, even if the particular challenges aren't the same, uh, I think you're visited by many things and it's your job to deal with them and find a way to get back to yourself. So were there times in life where you've thought of giving up but you're too much of a fighter to do such? I couldn't even, it's not even, It. I don't work like, I don't, I don't work like that. It's not even, I'm not even in charge. I feel like it is in charge. Is that a God? No, it's a nature. 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 Is I that your so. God or your like mother nature or are you human nature? You no, hum, I think one's, I think people's natures take care, um, inform you who you are and take over when you, whether you're lost or can't find your way in or out, your nature um, guides you somehow. So it's a gut. I guess, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Some kind of inner voice. I don't even think it's conscious. I actually think it's unconscious. I think it's undeniable. I can't, I think you can't deny your nature and it takes over and leads you. What if you have a unhealthy nature or a negative one or one that leads you to poor choices? What? I think that Say la vie. Is that, yeah. <laughs> you just not yeah. lucky? Well, I, I mean, um, there are ways he, probably to deal with that too. Right. And to, to acknowledge it. Right. And then do something different. Right. Now, in this play, you talk about being single. Right. Now, you were married, correct? Right. For How 30, many? 32 years. And uh, when, when did you get married? Um, right after college. Where'd you go to school? Brooklyn College. Okay. That's in New York. That is in New York. <laughs> I read that on Wikipedia, that Brooklyn oh, is in New York. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you graduate from college. Is this like a college sweetheart? Yes. And you're madly in love? Yes. And you were doing Broadway, correct? Well, I wasn't doing Broadway yet. We were kind of doing off-Broadway. He was an actor as well? Ronnie started out as an actor. It's Ronnie Abbott. And then he became a stage manager, one, a very, very big stage manager on Broadway and at Lincoln Center. And 
uh, he was there with Joe Papp at the time that Jeff Blechner was and um, Sam Shepard. He did one of Sam's plays. Wow. Yeah. So did it help very, you get roles? Did he or did they? That relationship? You know, it's interesting. Later on it did, but I was never, I never wanted to lean, kind of lean in on anyone else's, um, in terms of what they were doing. I thought there would be a natural intersection if there was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way we always did it. Now, you were, uh, I imagine you're still very pretty, cute, young, little thing, so to speak. Yeah. Running around the theaters. Yeah. You're married. Were men in, ever inappropriate? Uh, it, was there a casting couch or uh, directors who you thought were crossing the line? Oh, that's a good question. I have to think. I think because I was always a character woman, even though I'm in certain ways, I'm actually, I look better now than I did when I was younger. I think, um, you, um I don't know. I just think I do. Okay, but was that, was that, that, so it sounds like that was never an issue, really. I don't think so. You know, if it was, I probably wasn't even aware of it. I wasn't expecting it, so I didn't relate to it. I think sometimes socially, Ronnie and I were asked to, I thought some couple was once asking us to swing. Oh, she's cute. Do you guys swing? I thought, oh, you know, I'm not going to respond to this. I don't, I'm going to make believe I didn't hear this. So, you know, these people have children. We had children and... How many kids do you have? Uh, two. So were you uncomfortable because it just made you feel awkward and embarrassed, that question? That and also there was no way I could respond. It was, to me, the most impossible. It, I could never imagine Ronnie and I in that situation. So I completely just, <laughs> you know, I kind of distracted everybody with, oh, I love your couch or something. You know? <laughs> the best thing to do is pretend you did not hear it. Exactly. <laughs> the mature way to deal with something, right? <laughs> right. That's great. So you're doing Broadway and you have, uh, you and Ronnie have a, a really great relationship. Of course, a normal one, probably with challenges at uh -huh. times. Right. And uh, you and he eventually move out here to Los Angeles? Yes. But not until 86. And what happened uh, to the marriage? How did it end? Did he... Ronnie died. Okay. Oh, I thought you knew that. Oh, Ronnie well, died. they may not know <laughs> listening. Oh, that's true. Oh, yes. I'm aware. And I'm actually not quite sure because I don't remember if... I assumed that it was it was something like that and not divorce because right. you would have talked about in the show. Right. But I didn't know 100%. What happened? Was it, was it sudden? Yes, it was very sudden. He had had diabetes for a number of years, and um, uh, he started feeling a tightness in his chest. And he was actually at a rehearsal one night. My daughter took him to the emergency room, and they said it was gas and sent him home. And then oh. two days later, after seeing friends, he complained of a tightness in his chest again. We went to the hospital, and um, they wanted to put a stent in. So they put a stent in two days later, he was gone. Oh, my God. And the next day in the hospital, I saw that they were going to start to use some sort of liquid to help the stent, um, that it was important that the stent work better if there was liquid surrounding it, some sort of liquid. Mm. So I think that was somehow there was some interference. It so didn't you, settle well. So in your mind, you and Ronnie were going to live the rest of your lives together. together. Yes. And there was not a sense of... He was in poor health and, and you were oh, concerned no. of him passing away. So you suddenly literally woke up one day a single woman. Uh, kind of, kind of. Actually, on Friday night, 
Saturday night, he had the tightness in his chest again, and I took I took him to the emergency room, and they put the stent in. But Friday night, he said to me, you know what? That stupid doctor I go to, he said, I should stay in the hospital for the weekend. I said, what are you, crazy? I work on Monday. It's important to have people to, you know, he had a business. And uh, I went... What was his business? Um, at that point, he was, he had his own... Um, computer business. Okay, just curious. But let's get back yeah. to the story. Okay. okay. So I went, oh my God. Oh my God. He's a dead man. That's what I said in my head. Because he left the hospital early? Yes, because the doctor said stay in the hospital. And you were the one who encouraged him to leave? No, I didn't know it. He told me on Friday oh. night at 10 o'clock. Okay. And I went, oh my God. He's a dead man. Did in, he, in my head. He died that evening? No, Saturday night. I mean, Saturday night, we had to go to the hospital, and that's when they said Oh, he that. was having a problem? Yeah. Did, well, on Friday night, you weren't thinking, let's just get him right back to that hospital? There was, we had, it was Cedar sinai We couldn't get in touch with the doctor. We tried okay. to get in touch with the doctor. We couldn't do it. It was, it seemed to me, a door that had closed. Right. And that I was going to have to deal with what that doctor knew was going to happen over the weekend. So you had a premonition? Yes. So um, I'm sure that must have been a horrific, probably one of the worst moments of your life. Yes, he died at home. Okay. We were all there. The kids were there and everything. Mm. Okay, how many years ago was that? 14. So there's there's obviously the natural grieving process. Yeah. How soon were you ready to re-enter uh, life in, in, in the sense of entertaining, having a, a potential, another romantic partner? Maybe about eight, and maybe about eight years. It took me a very long time because uh, two things. One, I'd met Ronnie when I was 19, so I'd never really been alone. I'd never been alone as an adult. And I thought it was um, an important thing for me to know what it was like um, to, be in, to be independent in a different way, to be independent um, as an adult, as a woman uh, who had never, I'd never been a young woman on my own. I'd always been with Ronnie. And this is a really, the reason this is so pertinent is because this kind of sets the stage where Annie's play begins. Right, right. Annie is now single. You're, I'm guessing in your 50s, early 50s, late 40s? I don't know, somewhere in there? Late, um, uh, oh, eight years later. I don't know. I was married for 30 years. So okay. it's eight years after, whatever that is. So you're right. not, you're not, you're like more of what we call middle-aged than, right. than exactly. a young, young right. woman. Right. Um, not that middle-aged is old, but just to set where you are. Right. You've, you've had 30 some years with this man and right. now you are. And it's eight years after that. And eight right. years after that. So now we're close to like 40 years. Right. Exactly. Was, was Ronnie your first boyfriend? Yes. So you, you were a virgin. Yes. When you met him. Yeah. So you had only had one lover. Right. Which has got to be scary too. Oh, it was horrifying. I didn't, I knew I could have a relationship. I didn't have a date. So I start, I read some books on dating. Dating for dummies? Kind of. <laughs> like those? You know, things like dating. I say it's funny because dating for dummies, like you already are feeling awkward enough, right? Exactly. Then you're going to buy a book. That feels bad. Right. And then they have to call you a dummy. <laughs> you're not feeling great anyways <laughs> about the whole thing, right? But anyways, what kind of books were you getting? I was getting books probably that geared women for relationships because um, uh, um, I knew they would th that that I had to take first steps 
because the, all those last steps I knew a lot about, but I had to learn about the first steps, even conversations, conversations to have, subjects to bring up, subjects not to bring up. So um, also I felt because I was an actress that kind of the world is your stage. I've always felt that I could say anything and get away with it because I could. That was kind of my job. I just, uh, the world's a stage to me. But in the real world, I felt that um, that I had to be more appropriate. I had to be... What I does had, appropriate mean? How appropriate would you be means, inappropriate? Well, I thought my... Crying? <laughs> I Why thought, am I single? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually felt that I had to play a real woman. <laughs> I had to appear as if I was a typical woman of my age when I felt anything but. Okay, well, what does that mean exactly? Did you feel like a younger woman, but you felt you couldn't be that? No, it had nothing to do with age. It had to do with the life I had lived, I knew would be different than the life that anyone I dated had lived. So I I didn't even tell people at first that I was an actress. I told them I was a writer. But uh, that's a little presumptuous to think others may not have lived the kind of life you've lived here in Los Angeles. There are many men who, who may have lived uh, lives of, you know, a marriage that, that ended. Oh, through. I didn't mean that. I meant in terms of the work that I did. Oh, okay. I knew that people had seen my work, but didn't necessarily, they could have been a lawyer and see my work. They could be a doctor and see my work. Um... And you can love the theater and love uh, art and stuff like that, but that doesn't mean that um, I wasn't ready to retire. I didn't want to be with anyone who was retired. I didn't want to, um, I didn't have to have good cars and, you know, I wasn't interested in anything like that. I didn't want a fur. Uh, I mean, these are all silly You say sound. fur, are you talking fur, fur Ferra car? Ferrari, right? Mm -hmm. No, you mean like uh, you weren't, you're not materialistic. No, no. You're not things, a gold digger. Right. Were you a, um, what do they call that? A uh, cougar? What does you, that mean? Cougar? Well, yeah, what does it mean? It's older women yeah. who are into very young guys. Oh, no, I don't like young guys. You're not a cougar? No. Okay, it's a fair question. No, it is. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair question. As a matter of fact, most women got so excited when they heard I was dating because they thought I was dating younger men. I said, no, I'm not interested in younger men. I was, I've never been interested in younger men. Right. I really. Well, that's good. It'll keep you from getting arrested. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. So not even like who you are. I don't know why I said that. Um, so you're, you uh, decided to start going online. Is that right? That's correct. And you, uh, you chose J-Date. I did. Okay. And the reason, you know, you talk about this new show. And mm -hmm. the other thing is I've been on J-Date. And I was wondering if you ever um, tried to contact me. No. <laughs> that was such a quick answer, a painful <laughs> one. So we never did go out. No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, so you go on J-Date and you were talking about, um, in your show, you talk about some of the kind of guys you're dating. Right. Now, this came up, this comes up in the show, and I want to talk to you about your breast cancer. Right. Um, and that's like a big What? If I'm listening, you know, I if you're guess listening, so. like, what? Breast cancer? <laughs> what? When did that happen? When did that happen? Um, that's a good question. It happened 25 years into our marriage. Okay. So that's whenever that was. It so, happened 25 years. How did you discover the breast cancer? Mammogram? Mammogram. Mammogram. Okay. So you, um, you have 
it, one of your breasts had the breast right. cancer, correct? Right. And no, they were cells, cancerous it cells. Was, yes. Cells. You had the entire breast removed. Right. That was my choice. Mm-hmm. It was my choice. I didn't have to. Now, in the, in the your story, uh-huh. your play, you um, mentioned you did not have reconstruction. No. Why? Uh, I felt it was a separate issue from the cancer. I was interested in not having a cancer anymore, so I dealt with the cancer. Ronnie and I went to one breast surgeon to, and he kept telling me what gorgeous breasts he could give me in the left one he would lift and I'd lift them both that I'd cut here and I'd and I and it was um like someone talking about a purse you know or um or a sculptor or something I mean he was he it was art to him and uh it seemed more serious to me it did um I kind of wasn't in the same place that he was to me it was um, it was cancer and how to deal with the cancer and to him it was he was in a place that I just wasn't at all so you kind of it sounds like it it felt like it undermined the serious nature of the cancer by playing dress up with the breast yeah. in, in a sense like yeah. the, the gravity of the situation right I couldn't I couldn't go to the gorgeous pair he could make for me and the left one look what he could do the stuff here you could lift you could Right. You know, I got, I, I have a perfect idea for you. So I said, Ronnie, let's get out of here. When, when you, um, as a woman, lose a breast, mm-hmm. how does that change your sense of self? It's a good question. Um, I, I, I still felt completely whole and I have a prosthetic. I still have it. There are times I forget to put it in. I feel completely whole. And I'm sure women who, whether they reconstruct or not, feel completely whole. I hope they do. It doesn't, um, you just assume it's there. Well, a breast shouldn't define a woman. Uh, I don't believe. I don't know. But for me, I was very glad I breastfed my children. And that was, I know the night before I had the surgery, and it's very, it's always scary. I don't like to be put out. Uh, That was the part that scared me the most. Um, I've had major surgery. I know that feeling. Yeah. It's terrifying, actually. It is. It's terrifying. That was the part that really scared me. And I did, I did kind of, um, I did have a moment of of gratefulness for the years um, that I had it and for the joy it gave me and Ronnie. And, um, and I breastfed, so the comfort it gave. Breastfed Ronnie? (laughs) <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> everyone wants to taste the milk hey I, I, I've never been I've never had a pregnant woman but um, you know if I did that would be something I would oh no you have to oh absolutely and I forget what he said it tasted like but it does it's a you very did say specific. it tastes like chicken I hope because that's always like the fallback answer about anything. oh it tastes like chicken <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so horrible I'm sure it was very nice I don't know what it was I really forget I know it's warm <laughs> I don't think I probably tasted it but I just forget you know, because um, I imagine that as as a young girl uh-huh. matures into a young woman, you know, that, and this is all my imagination because mm-hmm. I didn't have sisters or I, oh. I don't really know what it's like to be around a, oh, that's a, a, someone maturing into a woman. Right. But I imagine like the, in my head, I imagine uh-huh. like they're constantly looking at their breasts in the mirror. Am I getting bigger? Am right. I, you know, and then eventually they go, oh, it looks like something's happening. And, right. And then they compare to their friends uh-huh. and then it's like, you know, what cup size, you know, and it becomes a, a kind of a milestone 
in a in the mindset of what a moving into womanhood. Right. You got it right. So that's why I was curious what that loss was like. But it sounds like for you, it was it was coming from a place of gratitude. Um, in, an, in, yes. in an interesting way. I all yes. Also, I felt very lucky that I could do something about it, and that these were cells. It hadn't become a gross or any kind of tumor. And it was my. There was they found three sites of atypical cells. I knew by the language it was interesting. He said when he called me, he said, "You know, there's something. We see something suspicious." I went, "I got it." And he said, um, uh, "Then when he told me, he said there are three sites of atypical cells." And I remember on the phone, I said, um, "So what do you think the chances are? What do you think the chances are?" He said, "Well, two out of ten women." He said, "That's not great odds." Yeah. Because you're always looking for the upside. Well, the craziest part of that story for me is that you're talking about this on the phone. To me, this is a face-to-face kind of conversation one would want to have with their doctor. So I'm surprised, unless you just... No, no, I did. The, okay. the first conversation was okay, on the good. phone. Then we, I you said, did a follow-up. Oh, my God. Yeah, we ran to his office. I said, Ronnie, we're leaving. I have cancer. And he was 10 minutes away. He was a good guy. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Because he was honest with me. He really mm-hmm. was very direct. When he said, we see something suspicious, I went, I got it. Did you do chemotherapy or anything nope, after I didn't that? have to do anything. Okay. Yeah. So that was the benefit. To right? me, it was a benefit. Yeah. And I also didn't have to, you know, you're never a virgin again, that I will say. Each time I go for my mammogram, I never think um, it's easy street that I dealt with it already. I always feel, you know, to me, once you've been visited, you understand um, the possibility remains. So... The, uh, you're obviously a strong woman. You get through the surgery, mm-hmm. um, and you're with your husband, mm-hmm. you're getting better. And then now move forward 10, 15 years later, you're single. And so not only are you dealing with the stresses of being a woman in the single world, mm-hmm. but you have a bit of a secret. Yeah. I have a big secret. Cause we don't put that. That's not usually in the profile, <laughs> right? Oh, it's not, um, but I, yes, but... The there, dating profile online. Yes, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But there was a woman I met who told me to put it right in the profile. She mm. said, it's the only thing I'd advertise. It's, you know, she said, I would say, um, I already gave it the office. Huh. That's Isn't funny. That my, that's a funny right line. breast, I know. That's, that's a funny line. She was a young woman. She was about, at that time, she was about probably 45 years old. And she was married to an older man. And she said, I'd put it right in there. Mm. That's funny. Yeah. It's easy for her to say, though, being married. Maybe. You know what I mean? It's a different experience when one is actually in the spot of out there, Yeah. I think. To tell you the truth, I called all my closest friends. You're absolutely right, because I called all the women that, to me, were like really um, good guys, cool women. Mm-hmm. They all said, get another breast. Every single one of them said, have reconstruction now. Every mm-hmm. single one of them. Right. But I just, um, somehow, uh, my nature, uh, I didn't want to. I really felt, I still felt whole. And I understood that I was going to, um, that the person that would want to be with me would understand that. Yeah, I th- and that's great. You stayed to your nature. And we're going to, as you know, we continue talking Sticking with your nature's worked out quite well. 
yes. in the romance department, but yeah. we won't get there yet. Okay. So you're single. Right. You go on J-date. Right. Uh, looking for a Jewish guy. Was Ronnie Jewish? Yes. You're Jewish? Yes. So um, you're out there looking and... Um, what was that like? I mean, you mentioned in the show that you had a, I think it was a 24-year-old? Yes. Um, looking out, trying to get together with you? I know. He said he loves older women. I'm sure he does. Yeah. When he says loves, I don't think he means in a <laughs> <laughs> romance. I think he just maybe has a thing, like a fetish. Maybe. Yeah. How'd that make you feel? Um, I, I, uh, make me feel... Uh, I, I can't even describe, it was nothing, it was nothing I was interested in. I couldn't even address the, uh, it's just never anything I've been Did it freak you in. out or do you just well, find it funny? Um, kind of just funny. I, I don't even know if I've emailed him back, not interested, but thanks. You've got great taste. So there know. was, you, you didn't sleep with him. There was no sex with him. Oh no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. You're a single lady. You never know. If I don't ask, I don't know, <laughs> right? Right. So the 24-year-old, in, in the show, you say that you didn't have the energy. Yes, that he would require more energy than, than I was interested in. Now, right. did you mean sexual energy or did you mean tending to a 24-year-old, just the maturity level? Nah, I meant sexual energy. Okay. Yeah. And so then you meet a guy named Sheldon. Right. Tell me about Sheldon. Sheldon was a couples therapist, a family therapist and a couples therapist. And Sheldon had been married for 42 years and he was widowed. And um, lots of emails, emails, emails for months, emails. And then there were phone calls and phone calls and phone calls and phone calls. And, you, you know, so he was really setting the table for, um, he was going to be, he was very, very careful about who he was going to meet. Finally, he said, okay, let's meet um, and by that time, it's almost, you go, okay, we'll meet. Did you see pictures of him up to that point? Because uh, I would be he, like, there's no way if I don't see a picture of this guy right away. Yes, I saw a picture. I think, I think he had a picture up. It, it was fine. I mean, he looked not, he looked like a good looking guy. But let me see, how, how freaked out were you suddenly dating online? I mean, Sheldon, others, I mean, were you just like, oh my God. And calling your girlfriends, like, oh, I don't know what time. to do. Well, all the time. And there were some people that had no patience with me because I don't think they understood it. I actually... Some of the men, you mean? No, some of the, the people your I friends. was calling. My okay. friend, a lot of my friends Were you annoying that. to your friends? Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, I was asking such stupid questions. Like what? How, how, do you, how do I know if someone likes me? I mean, that seemed like a real question to me. Mm -hmm. um, how do I respond if someone... Wants to kiss me? Do I do it on the first date? Do I not? Does it mean anything? Does it mean nothing? What, were, do, what do you think? Um, What's your answer? What did you come up with with that one? Well, I kind of did what I wanted to do. Go with your nature. I went with my nature. Yeah, but, I, but before any of this took place, I wanted answers or I wanted some kind of outline or boundaries or some kind of, some kind of outline that I could follow. But you really kind of had to get in there. Right. And... And kind of, and, and speak for yourself. Weren't you nervous about sex? Very nervous about it. Well, because, um, and I said to my sister, I said, Susie, um, when do I tell someone? And she said, when it's right. Tell someone about what? The, that the I had one breast. Uh -huh. How I about said, the fact you've only had one lover? Oh, 
I think that's an interesting thing. Oh, that's interesting. Only one of the men knows I had one lover. Oh, okay. My second lover. (laughs) (laughs) And now anyone listening. Right. (laughs) Which is, and us and Jeremy are producing. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. That's interesting. Do you ever look back and go, how did I only, how have I only had two lovers? Like, do you ever think like I've missed out on? No, I have such, I've had such wonderful men in my life. They're the, wonderful men. They're both wonderful men. I'm very fortunate. Not, so, like, not just like the curiosity of like variety or. There's nothing to be curious. I mean, I feel like I've had it all and I feel like I have a tremendous amount today. Yeah. So, it's really about the love, not about the act for you. No, it's a lot about sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, some guys, I'll talk about guys, you know, like Jeremy, for example, our <laughs> producer. I won't put it on me. But, you know, a lot of guys are like, you know, I would like to date an Asian woman. Uh-huh. I'd like to um, have an African-American woman. I'd uh-huh. like to have a threesome. I would like to um, have sex from, you know, the. I'm not going to, but I'm saying right. they want to do everything. Uh-huh. That wasn't you. No. And because you don't have, because that's just not how you're wired? I don't know. I like things that, um, kind, uh, I like things that have the depth of meaning. I mean, I'm curious about about depth of meaning. Right. So it's not just the sex. The sex is great, but it has to be something connected to that sex. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, to me, that's the package. And I think it's a very hard package to get. I think yeah. also when you're older, I think you have to be willing to look foolish to be rejected. I think that's true of any age, by the way. Yes. But it's, when you're older, I, well, there are certain things when you're older. Um, you can be rejected for things that aren't your fault. Well, that's true when you're younger, too. But I think if, um, as you get older, your body doesn't look as good, maybe. Uh, and there are things that nobody, that everybody has secrets. They have when they're younger, but when they're older, they might even feel more uh, restrictive. There's secrets about things that have happened in the past of or course. not just a body image or, or yeah or I'm sure a itself. lot of people have had illnesses and they're yes. not going to tell you immediately and they're not going to tell you if they don't have to well it's interesting you say that because i have crohn's disease oh. i don't know if you know what that is i do but there's you know there it's an intestinal disease my and, sister had colitis is okay that, and crohn's yeah. and colitis are very similar colitis right. is more of the colon right crohn's is more of the generally appears in the small intestine. Okay. And I, over the years, have had a couple surgeries. Okay. And I'm very healthy today, thank God. Right. But being a single man, I have to share that at some point. Not because it's a horrible thing, but it is as much a part of me as, it's just part of me. Right. Right. And, but no one wants to present themselves as broken. Right. Or diseased. Right. Sick. Exactly. And it is, I I mean, that's, and, and then I always think, well, everyone's got something. Yeah, but... If they don't get hit by a bus before it happens. But I think what you're saying is that um, not everyone has Crohn's disease. And no. what a young man is going to say is not usually is not going to be Crohn's disease. Well, when I, I discovered I had it when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So that was a different... At 17, not every, You know, that wasn't the typical. No, not at all. Yeah, and I kept it quiet for a long time. Yeah. And I'm being much more open about it now because yeah. I just want to live in acceptance right it's a i'm i i know because of my sister a certain amount so it's it's very smart of it's very smart of you to tell me 
um, to share it with me, but of course, then you're sharing it with a lot of people. But there's, and there's freedom in that, right? Yes, Isn't there? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I can relate to um, what that, in some ways, what that must have been like to kind of know you have a secret. That's right. About yeah. your uh, breast right. cancer. Um, and then you're going out with men and romancing. You you want to, we all want to be loved and liked and right. you meet certain guys. So, right. so um, getting back to Sheldon, mm-hmm. um, the highlight in that is Sheldon, what did Sheldon tell you? Well, at the end, just before we were getting together, he said to me, Annie, he whispered, he said, Annie. He whispered on the phone. On the phone, on okay. the phone Annie, I have to tell you, I'm really very big. <laughs> and I went, oh my God, no. Oh, he's a Oh, he's a big man. I didn't want him to be a big man. I thought he was very heavy. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's okay. We're all a little out of shape, you know. So we'll, I'll see you on Saturday at the blah, blah. I don't even remember the restaurant. So um, when I got to the restaurant, he was already sitting down. And I went, he doesn't look so big. And I just <laughs> sat down and we had a, we really had a nice time. And when he stood up, <laughs> I went, Oh my God, now I know what he meant. He was huge. He was wearing these black um, jeans and his um, his crotch, his penis that the package was, standing straight and tall. And, you know, in the show I say he was saluting. It was saluting me. And, you know, you can't stop looking. All I could do was look. And he walked me to, I guess, my car. Was he bent over when he walked? Oh, (laughs) no. No, I guess he had a lot of practice over the years. Or they were very loose pants. But I couldn't, they had to be loose. He needed a lot of room. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't believe how naive I was that I didn't understand that he meant he had a big penis. I thought he meant he was fat. Right. Well, that's a sweet story. Isn't it? Uh, in a certain way. That be, innocence that is naive, really great. I think Jeremy likes it. Yeah. yeah. He's got a big smile on his face. Right. You know, because it's it shows the innocence. Yes. And that's fun. Did, and you sweet. know, I think that when you're widowed and you're dating, um, it might be a different experience than when you've been divorced because um, it's not a choice you made. You didn't want it to end. It ended. No, it ended. Um, so... Uh, I mean, divorce can be like that too, but it's different. I mean, you were in love. Yes. And he was in love. Right. And that's such a different story than even a divorce, obviously. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I, I yes. And that, when you're talking about the innocence, um, I felt that. I felt like a, a, whatever I was, 58, 60, whatever I was, um, I felt like I was um, um uh, like a 16-year-old, 58-year-old that I had no experience in the world in which I had placed myself. And I yeah. didn't. I never dated anybody except for Ronnie. Well, you know, the other thing I can say is that um, Sheldon, that just seems odd, you know, as a man. Um, if I'm aroused, um, it's not for public display. I mean, that's just odd. I mean, when you say he was large, I mean... He was huge. Like, I mean, I think he was Like huge. a foot? Two feet? I mean, like what? I it mean, seemed enormous. It just surrounded. The, the, the whole front of his pants was just standing. Like a tent. Tall. Like a huge tent. Yeah. 
That's just yeah, crazy. Yeah, never went down. I mean, I kept looking at it. I <laughs> it's couldn't still help up. It. It's still up. <laughs> How many years has it been? <laughs> uh, five and a half years ago or six years ago he, or something. He still can't get that thing down. <laughs> so did you um, have a second date with I him? I did not. No? I did not. Yeah. That's And that's also odd. You know, it, it's funny because... It's, I love the story because men and women are often, uh, to me, they can do inappropriate things, say inappropriate things. Like you'd think a grown man married 40 some years. Yeah. He's so careful about, you know, being, exactly. seeing you at the I right know, time. I know. And then out of nowhere, he whispers that he has a huge penis. <laughs> like where that's so incongruous oh, with, right? Incongruous. Yes, right. I think was the right word. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. You know what we're saying. Yeah. Right. It's just so strange. And that, see, that's what I love about dating is the insanity. Uh-huh. You know, I'm uh, before I go on a date, okay. especially if it's a blind date, it's much because I do stand-up comedy uh-huh. and I do other things. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but a lot of people hate dating. I love it because I feel like I'm fully immersed in life. And I don't know what's going to be behind that door. I, 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 and I, I just relish that moment of, of fully living mm-hmm. and um, not knowing what's going to happen. It just, to me, that is, and that's the same feeling I get before I go on stage doing stand-up. And I take a moment to take that in. Right. Because there are so few moments in life that are quite like that, where it could be an amazing experience or it could just be quite entertaining. Right. Because it's never bad for me. Uh It's just entertaining. That's interesting. Yeah, I love it. No, I was more scared than that. Well, also, and and for good reason, I've, I've been dating a while. You were brand new to this. That's it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I had no legs when it came to dating. It was really, I had to, my first achievement was having a second date. And I remember saying, good, a second date. So you met uh, someone else, right? You talk about in the show, your yes. one woman show. Um, Paul? It, it was The Paul, radiologist? That's right, right. So tell me the highlight of that experience. Well, we had dated about five times the year before. And then, at, and he left. I never, he just disappeared, which is fairly typical on dating online. But you had five dates. Yeah. Was that the longest you had dated someone? Probably. Okay, so that's but monumental. It, yeah, and it was over a period of time, you know, because I think he was dating a lot of other people. I think almost all the men I was dating had lots of other women in all different ages. They were dating women in the 30s, 40s. I was probably the top age that anyone was dating. I hear a lot of women get very angry when they see men's profile online who, who have their age range is so low. Like, it's you know, so like, narrow, it, you like there'd be a guy, let's say, who's 60. Right. And he says oh, he'll date 25 year olds to, to 39. Right. Now, were you getting angry at guys like when you'd read profiles like that? Nah. Uh, just because I probably didn't contact and they didn't contact me. Okay. I didn't so it wasn't them. All right. No, but they were, they were fairly open about it. I mean, I could kind of tell. Um, I could just kind of tell they were whether it's called playing the field or whatever that they were seeing more than me. Uh, but I guess you don't narrow it till. Well, I'm talking more about the age thing. There's some some women who are you know 40s, 50s, 60s. They right. they meet these guys the exact same age who won't even date their. I know age. that. Yeah, right. and they get incensed by that. Yeah, but it sounds like that wasn't your experience because you found enough guys. You yeah. just didn't really care. You're not. That's not your personality. I think. Well, I didn't, and I also. I I'm, I really felt so strongly about who I was, who I am, that I thought, I, 
it was clear to me all these guys were interested. They really found me very interesting, but that doesn't mean that you, that doesn't mean that I was the place that they were going to stop. Right. I understood the value of being face to face with me, but it didn't mean that that was all that it was for them. If they wanted a younger woman, they were going to be with a young woman anyway. Right. So uh, were your children um, involved in your dating? Like, mom, you need to get out. Mom, you know, you need. To, or was there a boundary there that you kept? Oh, I would ask them anything. And what, I have a, one daughter who's married, and I say, Zoe, um, how do you, so what would you say if this guy said this to you? Uh, and then, I, of course, I told everyone about the guy who told me how big he was and everything. And uh, part of it, Zoe didn't want to know that much. <laughs> she was now married with children. She didn't want to know that much. But my daughter, Erica, who lives in L.A., she wanted to know much more. So I told her whatever I, you know. And she had, she and she's, doesn't have the experience, of course, that I do, but I was surprised at you can have some relevant information without having relevant experience. So that was interesting. Yeah, so That's, she was a little, she was helpful. Yes. And also she was on the J date from time to time. So you're fighting over the same men. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Paul, though, was a monumental experience for you. Yes. And tell us about that. Okay. So, a year later, he contacts me. He says, this is after the five dates the year before. And he says, I don't know if you'd be interested, but, you know, I disappeared last year. But I'm still interested. If you would have dinner with me, I'll tell you why. I went, I really like the guy. I'd be happy to know why. So, um, uh, so he told me why. And then we started dating again. And we were at my house. And we started making out. And, I, and all of a sudden, his right hand goes to my right breast. And I... He actually, I think he actually touched, touched and I went, oh, You seem oh so God. shocked about that. That's what guys do. I know. They touch breasts. But he should have known it wasn't real. But I How think, would he not know? Well, first, I think guys know when it's I don't a know. Breast. I'm looking at you right now. I mean. No, no, no. If you touched it. How would he not know? First of all, he's a radiologist. Okay. He once said to me, he, that's all he did was look at breasts all day. He once and that was on me, his days off. <laughs> <laughs> he once said to me, I saw, I see more breasts in one day than a guy should see in a lifetime. Wow, that's so, that, I'm sure that turned Poor you on. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> He's got all the lines. So he started that's to like touch, such a touch my breast yeah, and yeah. I went, oh my God, I forgot to tell you, I don't have a right breast. And <laughs> I guess he took a minute. And um, then he said, oh, okay. And we started making out again. So I thought, this is really cool. At the end of the evening, he says, um, I really like this. I had a really good time. I said, I did too. And he left, and I never heard from him again. That was very hard. Was that the kind of hard where you're crying and feeling I think broken? that one, yes. And I tried to think of an excuse to email him to say, oh, hi, I know you went to your sister's. How was it at your sister's or just... Blah, 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 you know, just to try to get him to, to force him to acknowledge me in some way or to let me have my say. It's very hard to be rejected for any reason. There's a great saying. I don't know if you've ever heard this, Annie. Um, it's a little, it sounds a little religious or whatever, uh -huh. but I think it works. You know, that uh, uh, life's rejection is God's protection. Have you yeah, heard that? I have. Yeah, and that's yeah. like such a great example. Yeah. Because this guy wasn't for you. Right. That, so, you, absolutely. so you met eventually someone special. Yes. And he actually came here to the studio with you. He did. 
tonight. And you've been together now for four years. More. I think it's... Four and a half? No, I think it's close to five and a half. Five and a half. We've lived together for three and a half. Yeah, I think it's You're close to five and a half. You're living in sin? We're living in sin. I don't know if I approve of this. I know. But we can talk about that after the show. <laughs> so, you, when you revealed your... Um, what was, you know, clearly very private and personal, the breast... Right. Uh, not being there, what, right. how, how did he respond? Well, he said, it's a non-issue. And I went, oh my God, he didn't hear me. I have to tell him again. I can't believe it. I said, Ted, I don't think you heard me. I only have one breast. And he said, I heard you hear me. Non-issue. And um, uh, it kind of was like the, the Red Sea parting. It felt like I could begin. This was the beginning. We could have a beginning. The uh, we could we could begin a real relationship. Could begin. Your eyes look like they're tearing up. Am I mistaken? Are you just tired? Well, Is I'm this an emotional tired. story yeah. for you? Because yeah. it seems like it probably you still feel it no matter how many times you've told it or well, thought about it. I think that. Um, what are the tears from? Uh, people who who came to the show, and I've heard other people say it, in their own life, they'll say, because it's a non-issue. And it's it's a piece, it's offering, um, I guess it's in a way being grateful, understanding that um, they're, uh, in terms of what's important in in a relationship or in a or when two people um, seek each seek each other or want each other, uh, there are things of value that um, there are things of value, and then there are things that aren't necessary. Yeah, what a great story! I'm so happy that we've had the chance to visit here. And, yeah, me too. And there's good news for people who live in Los Angeles. If they would like to see your show, uh, it's going to be Sunday, September 22nd. Now, is it just one show? One this day? One, this one is one. Now, where can people find you if, if they go, wow, I, this Annie lady, she's really cool. I want to stay somehow like communicate with her. Or, okay. How do they do that? My email is A-N-N. You want to give your personal email? Oh, I shouldn't. Oh, go ahead. No, I think that's fine. Our listeners are pretty cool. They won't bother you. Okay, I won't give my personal email. Well, some people, you know, they just get a little nervous about their own, indiv- you know, private. Do you have a Facebook page? I do. Why don't you use that? Great. Unless you feel comfortable using your email. I don't want to stop no, you. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Jeremy's oh. saying, yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. Okay, so what's your Facebook uh, page where they could find you? It's A N N I E. A-B-B-O-T-T, right? Correct. You use your regular My name name on Facebook. That's it. Isn't that? Yeah, and people can message you there and friend you there. Yeah. And I suppose you're probably putting out information all the time. I am. About your show. Right. And um, again, that's going to be Sunday, September 22nd. It's it's at the Onion Church, if anyone knows that. It's It's a Unitarian church, also a spiritual church. So they have a lot of different groups, different religions that come in. Uh, and it's 2 p.m. at the Onion Church in North Hills. And, and, there, and there's a number, 
Okay. You can give the number where you can get tickets yeah, and stuff. Yeah, the, uh, the, for tickets, it would be 818-894-9251. Uh-huh. This is it. We, we're, we're done. We're out of time. Yeah? Can you Are, believe it? Yeah, I, I can't. That's a fair question. It is a fair question. Um, um, Thank you for not letting me give my email address. Oh, hey, no problem. Yeah, but I want to, I just want to thank you so much for being oh. here and being so open. Thank you. You know, thank it's, you. it's such a gift to share with your heart like that. Yeah. You know, and, and what Ted sees in you, I see in you, and the people who go and see your show see in you. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, it's a real blessing that you've done this show because we only get to see a part of you. You know, I know you were a judge in LA Law for yeah. like nine years and you can mm-hmm. look her up and, she, you know, she's quite an accomplished yeah. actor, actress, Annie, but we never get to hear this side mm-hmm. of you. Thank you. And, yeah, and no. this is a, this is really an important side of you that that uh, affect people, change people. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you. I so, appreciate all right. being asked. Well, thank you again. This has uh, been an amazing show. Great time with Annie Abbott. Find her on Facebook. And um, I hope to hear or see you again here. I'm not going to be hearing these people. <laughs> I would have to have like, I'd have like a problem if I were hearing them. <laughs> but hopefully you'll join us soon. We're going to have another great show coming up. And again, you've been listening to Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question.